right. Right? Friday, Friday, Friday. Willie Ramirez is here. The energy is palpable. We walk in to the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. We know this is the best weekend of the year. It'll be uh, on par with the Super Bowl here next year. Yeah, believe it or not. Ooh. The energy here is nuts. Curtis Terry's here. Basketball analyst. Willie Ramirez is here rubbing his temples. He looks annoyed already. Is your bracket busted? We'll find out from Willie in a couple of minutes. But what a weekend on the way. We always like to start out these Fridays with a rundown of what's going on in town, and I'm sure I'm missing lots of stuff. But the NCAA tournament rolling on. We're in the middle sessions of Friday. We got XFL tomorrow. We got VGK at home on Sunday. And of course, we got Big League Weekend number two coming up with the Royals and the Rockies on Saturday and Sunday. And we'll do a giveaway right out of the gates. Caller 7 and 8. Caller 7 and 8. Two pair, two tickets. Big League Weekend, LV Ballpark, Royals and Rockies. Games are tomorrow. And Sunday, you can still grab your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. But Ari's got two pair, two sets of tickets. 364-1100. Royals, Rockies tomorrow at LV Ballpark. Big League Weekend. Caller 7, 364-1100. All right, guys. You fired up? Look at the, the wry smile <laughs> on Curtis's face. I freaking love college basketball. And this is the atmosphere that gets me going. Right. This place is packed. We're looking for competitive games and upsets. we got a lot to talk about. Lady Rebels just ended a little while ago. We'll, t we'll get to that in a little bit. So what's up, Curtis? Not much. How's it going? You can you can tell. Yeah. I'm <laughs> fired up. I know. I, I like this. That's why I wanted to come down to be in person. This is right. fun. Um, you can't beat this. Like, this. Like you said, this is the best weekend of the year to me in sports. Um, next weekend is good. The Final Four is good. But this, this, this starts it off. It sets the tone. Um, and it started yesterday with a couple upsets, and hopefully you get some more today and see some more brackets busted, as long as it's not mine, and it'll be good times. Yeah, Golden Circle, Sportsbook, and Bar. We got one game going on right now, eight more on the way in the NCAA tournament. This is a hell of a story here as uh, UConn pulling away a little bit from Iona. The storyline here is uh, Big East team struggling with a MAC team. Uh, as I'll lay out for you, all the bashing the last couple days of the Mountain West. Let's turn our attention to the Big East, a very <laughs> overrated conference. Uh, but Rick Pitino's Iona team trying to survive. 48-44, check that, 48-43 now. Of course, there's a storyline with Pitino. Whatever game they go out in this one or the next one, if they advance, it may be Rick Pitino's last game with Iona as he may get a springboard back into the power fight. Well, the Big East is not Power 5. It's a mid-major, but there's a chance to go to Georgetown or St. John's. So we'll see what happens with that one. Willie, who do you root for, a Hurley or a Patino? What do you do here? Little guy? Yeah, well, I, I'm kind of a – I'm rooting for Iona and Patino in this game. I, 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 I like that conference as we've been talking about, the MAC. Yes. So, the Mac. Mac. I like, I, I just, uh, I get a kick out of seeing Patino up in New York, you know, little remote town, coaching this little school. And I get it. You know, he's he's been looking to usher his way back into the main focus of college basketball. But I get a kick out of this. I'd like to see, you know, I like to see all the higher seeds go as far as they can. As long as they're not uh, going against the the teams that I pick, there's, there, you know, there are certain dogs and, and lower seas that you that you want to see, and then there's the the one or two that you think's going to get through, and then there's always those one or two higher seeds that you expect to uh, bow out or you hope they bow out. There's a couple that 
our longtime UNLV nemesis that I hope to see go bye-bye. Although I did pick Duke to go pretty far. Ugh. Arizona, on the other hand, bye-bye. You going, uh, you going little guy or bigger guy? What do you think, Curtis? You going Iona or are we pushing for UConn? Because there is, oh, there's a logic that the more of the top, you know, say five seeds in each bracket that go out, while Cinderella is cool to root for, sometimes they kind of lay an egg in the next round. Right. I picked, I mean, in my bracket, I have UConn. Um, I'd like to see Iona win. Obviously, I mean, Patino's gone regardless if they win this game or if they lose this game. I mean, he's, he's obviously taking the next step. But I, I like to see the underdogs win, um, except for when they bust my bracket. <laughs> Prime example is Arizona losing. I knew better than to, to cheer for, for Big Brothers at Alma Mater. Um, but they proved to me who they are. <laughs> yeah, we'll get uh, to Arizona. That was a disaster. Yeah, no, it's 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 yesterday. again. I just like to ha- I like to have good games, um, and it never it never fails on that first the first day. I mean that 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 nine oh eight tip or whatever it is. I was up watching all of them and just let it run through the whole day, um, and just hope for good games. And that's what you get typically every time. You might get one or two blowouts, but they're typically good games. Can you talk about playing in an NCAA tournament game? And no matter how good you were during the season, and you know the nerves of individual games during the regular season and even in your case the mountain west conference tournament what is it like when you you get to the big tournament the ncaa tournament from top to bottom the best teams even as cinderella's oh i think I, once you once you get through the conference tournaments and you get selection sunday i mean the, everything resets it doesn't matter what you did during the regular season or in the, in the conference season or non-conference um, they wipe the slate clean and, and it's it's even for everybody because then you everybody has you have your three to four days to scout and prep for that opponent um, and, that, and that's the same whether you're a one seed or like we were a hell, we were an eight seed, a seven seed one time. Um, we were an eight seed one time. Um, and so it, it, it doesn't matter what you did before because you got to go out and prepare on a short short notice and a quick turnaround. And especially if you win that first one, you got an even shorter turnaround to get ready for that second game um, later in that weekend. But it's it's fun because it's funny that St. Patrick's Day because last when we went to this, let's see, it was the 2007 NCAA tournament. We played in Chicago. And we played on St. Patrick's Day. We woke up that morning, and we bust open the blinds in the hotel. And we're staying on the river. We look outside, and the river's green. And I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah. But then you see just you see droves of people out there lining the river walk, and it, I mean, it was great. And so um, it brings back a lot of memories. And just that this time of year is it's always special. And for this for St. Patrick's Day to fall on the tournament weekend, especially on one of the first days, it, it, thinks it makes it even more fun, and it gives people more reasons to go out and, and enjoy their libations and get crazy. So during the summer. Do you still, are you involved with in any way, shape, or form or go to the AAU stuff, you know, the programs, the players? Just on my own, you know, not in an official capacity. Yeah. I'm just curious <laughs> if there's any guys out there that, like, you, you you may have, you know, you go to a couple of these tournaments, you, you bounce around wherever, California here, and you see, and you kind of knew, you're like, man, this kid's going to be special. That's now shining that Ooh, you can talk about. Man, um... Not, not really. That doesn't doesn't stand out as much because I haven't I haven't got out and, and got too many tournaments um, just over the last couple of summers. Um, I typically when the local ones are here, I'll, I'll just hop out because I know some of the coaches from my, either back home or other AU programs, and I just go and meet up with them and, and watch some players. Um, but I always keep an eye on the on the guys from from back home from from Washington and, and Tacoma and Seattle. Um, and so uh, Eric Stevenson for West Virginia, um, Emmett Matthews, those guys are from Tacoma, Washington, so they play with West Virginia. Obviously, I mean, uh, Mr. David Jenkins in the, in Purdue, what they're doing. Oh my God. What a story. <laughs> right, right, right kid's place, like right 25, time. and now he's on uh, a number one seed. He hit, he hit some big shots down oh, the man, stretch, he's, too. He's, he's, his season's been a little up and down, but the last, I mean, the last eight, eight or so games, they've needed some big buckets, and he's been like the second or third leading scorer. 
Um, so I'm proud for him. So I always follow those guys just because it means a lot just seeing somebody from back home be successful and, and be able to have those those moments and those journeys like I did. But then I look back to when Jason was playing in the NCAA tournament. Um, and me and my dad and my brother, we went to Indianapolis, went to the, went to the Final Four. Um, and I tell the story of when uh, it was the night before the national championship and me, my brother, and Mike Bibby are in their hotel room playing video games. And that's when the, the Nintendo controller used to be hooked to the back of the TV. Like you couldn't bring your own system. It was plugged yeah. right in the back of the yep. TV. You got to play the stock games. Um, and that was one of like my childhood fanboy moments. And it, my brother was superstitious that he always slept in his, his uniform the night before. So he's in his uniform. Mike Bibby is there playing video games. And I think I was like 12 years old. And I'm like, this is so cool. That, <laughs> was, that was shortly after... Um, that was shortly after the 95 year Mike Bibby came to the Nike tournament. Mm. He was going to be a senior the following year, and he was playing down at UNLV South Gym and across town up at Durango in Adidas' big-time tournament was Tim Thomas and Kobe Bryant. Mm. Yeah. So there was some in the late 90s in high school. I mean, the mid, mid to late 90s in high school basketball, those guys coming out. Ridiculous. My, I don't know if – I mean, the kids now are good and, and LeBron and all those guys, but the, that group right there is – talk about the Hall of Famers. Right. Boy, I feel old. I covered that Final Four. I was I was also around that Arizona team, not in that capacity. Uh, so right now, 16, check that, 14 and a half minutes left. UConn up by nine now, 54 to 45. So I wanted to hit one of the themes of the last – couple of days and since you and i both cover a lot of mountain west conference basketball curtis i thought the mountain west just getting annihilated because they had a one in three start to the tournament san diego state is the only team left standing i read a lot of social media from people in the you know the, the midwest the northeast uh, also power five fans saying the mountain west sucks <laughs> they do this every year they should only get one team in wow. and there's not really much of an argument against it the mountain west has to play better in the NCAA tournament. I also believe that you don't judge conferences off of one-off spots right. in tournaments. Like You do need to win tournament games, but you realize you can go on a losing streak, especially since the Matt West Conference generally is an underseeded, I think an underseeded conference. Right. Most of the teams are sitting in a, a 9, 10, 11, or 12 seed hole. That, that does matter in the storyline. And, and the reason I wanted to mention it is Marquette won big today. You heard the call coming in. Yeah. I really don't believe Marquette's a two seed. I absolutely do not believe Xavier is a three seed. You realize when you give too much respect to conferences like the Big East, which essentially is about the same level as the Mountain West Conference, and I know there's people out there like wanting to ride off the road. When did the Big East become a major again? They lost most of their power programs, and they added a bunch of mid-majors who, by the way, have overtaken. They've actually overtaken the teams that were around in the power days, and now we've anointed Marquette, Xavier, not this year with Butler, right? But we've anointed these Midwest schools like, oh, they're majors. Why, because they went to a conference that had a name? Yeah, no. Like, I don't I don't consider Marquette, Xavier, Butler. Creighton. Creighton's pretty Creighton. good right now. They're good, but they're not a, I and, wouldn't consider them a power five And school. they definitely have resources, and they use them. Yeah. Um, Ryan Miller's on that staff, right? Yep, Rhino. Yep. yep. Um, but like, there's there's this extra level of respect given to the Big East, and it shows in the seating. And the Big East is not the Big Ten, the SEC, no. the Pac-12, even the ACC. SEC, it's it's yeah. not. It's not. No, it's definitely not. I don't. Even, it's not an argument. My, I mean, I believe you. I could. We could just rest right there. It's also, by the way, the TV payout is not like any of those. 
because the no. TV deal is less than about seven mil per school per year. It's a conference that's steeped in history, but half the conference left. Now UConn being back is good. Yeah, right. But, but you know, today, like Kennesaw State could have won that game very easily. They wilted in the second half, but I'm not sure that Xavier is bound for some deep run as a two seed in this tournament. No. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, no. It's the biggest thing with me, I mean, with Villanova being down this year, that hurts the conference. Of course. Because they carried the Big East for the last couple of years. I mean, they're going to the national championship. Um, it's it's all perspective, and it's all relative in terms of, like, when you seed somebody, how do we decide who gets what seed? Like, is there a criteria? Well, the, there, the, there the is. Yeah, there but is once, obviously once with you the net, to, there's metrics, but I also yeah, but once you get to once you get to like four, four through nine, those a lot of those teams could be flip flopped very easily. Yes, and it's again you're basing on what they did in their conference. Well, conferences are weaker. The Mountain West had four teams in for a long for the first time in a long time, but it's if you get a seven, eight, nine seed, you're it could go either way. If you if you get a six, you're in a really good spot because then you have a chance to get to that second weekend and make a run. Real when when you say Big East. And I think Curtis can sort of feel a part of this because he he was around, like he just said, he was he, he was younger, his younger brother to Jason, you know, in the mid nineties. But Steve, for you and I, when we think Big East, we think of the Georgetown, Syracuse, right. uh, Villanova days of the eighties. Right now, right. St. John's when they St. when John's, they again had resources the Luke and used sweater days. I think right now, the Big East is like what we used to think of the Atlantic Ten, and they're on that level now. I think they're a little above that, but no, the point the point not. is only when Villanova's good. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're very they're very mid range, right? In my opinion, I think. But again, like you said, Marquette, they're I don't know if they're they're the best team in the, in the Big East. But are they are they a top eight team? Is Xavier really a and Marquette was the three seed, but a top twelve team? Is Xavier no really a top eight program? Is Creighton really a top twelve program? No. Is UConn all the way back? Um, because a lot of the the old schools that were in. The Big East, Georgetown stinks. They need a coach. St. John's is just so-so. They need a new coach. I think Villanova hired the wrong guy, so they're probably going to have to go through another year or two of finding their next Jay Wright. Seton Hall is kind of a mediocre program. I like Providence, but, you know, not a great program. But, uh, hey, they got got through the uh, Marquette game, barely got through uh, Xavier and Kennesaw State, and right now uh, Rick Pitino giving Dan Hurley and UConn a boatload of trouble. It's about a 10-point game now with – 12 and a half minutes left in the contest. On the way back, let's break down the Lady Rebels. A rough one today, good opponent in Michigan, and I think a slow start really hurt the Lady Rebels the entire game. On Twitter, at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. St. Patty's Day, day two of round one of the NCAA tournament. One game going on right now before the block of eight games coming up. Golden Circle, Sportsbook, and Bar. Ten minutes left in the game. UConn still holding on to a ten-point lead against Iona. By the way, if you want to hear all the game action, Westwood One does a really awesome job uh, as they go site to site with all the radio play-by-play that's being played right now on 1230 the game. After we're off, it'll pop on ESPN Las Vegas. The call you hear on the way back, Bill Rosinski and Austin Crozier of the end of the Kennesaw State Xavier game and Kennesaw State led big early in the second half and then I thought I got jobbed on that call. It was a tie game at 67. Xavier goes for a putback. The guy makes a hard swipe from Kennesaw State against Xavier. They call a foul, and that kind of that ended the game. And that would have been a hell of a story. Can you imagine two twos being out of this thing? And we're going to talk about Arizona in just a couple minutes. But 
Task at hand, uh, we really didn't get a chance to recap what happened with the Lady Rebels. Willie, you were very confident that the Lady Rebels could go into this tournament and make some waves, but it just the start of the game was rough and foul trouble, I thought, hurt them too. Yeah, I, it definitely was the start. They they were well prepared and the, and using a trap defense, and they were just really shutting things down. Desiree, uh, Desiree Young, she got into foul trouble early, early in the first quarter, two fouls, and you could just tell that they just – Normally, you know, they look poised and, and can handle what's throwing at them, but Michigan just was clamping things down defensively, and I think it just took them out of their groove and took them out of their rhythm. And even if they started to get that, that poise and maturity, it showed in Michigan. So even if UNLV started to make a run here and there, Michigan just was, you know, sat back, absorbed it, countered, and was able to push back on them. And they never really could get back into the game per se. Awesome season, 31-3. and Back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances. This year, not as competitive as last year. Michigan wins the game today, 71-59. to What's the next level, Curtis, for the Lady Rebels in terms of, you know, getting here, uh, maybe being a little more battle-tested during the year with a rougher schedule to get a better seed, by the way, which would also help. Right. What are the next steps? Well, let's start there. We talk about seeds. I mean, how do you go 31-3 and and you end up with 11 seed? I just don't. And, and they're in the Mountain West. It's not like, I mean, they're, it's, it's not the MAC. I mean, you're not in a, in a rinky-dink well, small conference. I just. Since last week, Curse, I have been saying that they got the perfect seed because you can't go off of coaches or, excuse me, beat writers. We're, we're talking about a top 25 team, 20. We, everybody hey, said, well, they're, they're, they're ranked 21, but guess who's ranking them? Beat writers from around the country in just random cities that aren't even really seeing them. They are, they're paying attention maybe statistically. They're, they're, they may be looking, but they're not watching them. But I think that even goes more so, to, their, to their case then. If people aren't really watching them and they give them enough respect to put them at a, tw- a number 20 team overall well, in the, the country. P- right, but the problem is is their net ranking, which takes in consideration a lot more of what they're doing on the court, puts them at 51. You divide yeah. by four, they're in that 12-13 range. So the respect is that they, they're actually up from their net ranking at an 11 seed. So wh- how much higher do you put them? Where you gonna, when you put them at an 8-9 and they win today, now they're going to face a number one team so i think that yeah, ne- I mean. next year we're finally lindy's finally going lindy LaRock is finally going to have the schedule that she wants she's finally going to have because it's now come full circle they're going to be playing some pac-12 teams i think arizona's on the schedule i want to say was it oklahoma or oklahoma state they're going to be say, playing some non-conference teams right. um she got a lot of players out of the transfer portal, you know, last year. She got some players to come when she got here. But now, I mean, now everything's come a full circle where this is her program. I mean, it's, she's pretty much supplanted or, you know, supplanted the, the previous regime, and it's her program. But right. in that fourth year, it's all Lindy's program, The sched- from schedule to roster to recruits to what they're going to be doing, how they're going to be performing. I mean, they're going to come back. They're gonna, the, the players are going to be returning. We'll take a couple of weeks off, whatever it is. But guess what? They're going to be right back at it in right. no time at all. I, I mean, that's 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 the bare bare root of it. I mean, Lindy's just a damn good basketball coach. Yeah, she knows 100%. what she's doing. I mean, obviously when she when she spent her time at Oklahoma, and obviously what she did when she was at Stanford, uh, playing under Tara Vanderveer, um, coaching there. I mean, playing all the Final Fours that she did. It's it's no surprise that she's having success. Um, we talked about this before. My fingers are just crosses that she just sticks sticks it out here a little longer. I think doesn't she will. jump early. And I'm going to say it. Right. I think she's. I think she's going to be here until until Tara leaves at Stanford. And I think Lindy's going to go go back to Palo Alto. As I brought she, up before, um, DRF is at Missouri. Everyone knows that. They're in the 
women's NIT, but they've been a little lackluster as a program lately. So there's no. Chance. I would assume Desiree will make a run at Lindy yeah. at probably eight hundred grand a year. So well, the problem if it, if it's about money, then she can move on to greener pastures. I, I also think she needs to look at the upside of the program, which the attendance started getting better right. towards the end of the year. People have to show up. Yeah. Um, that that's a big part of this. I, I wanted you guys to react to this one, uh, Sean tweeted at me after the loss, and again, Lady Rebels lost today. Good job by uh, Wyatt Tomchek on the call right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Sean said, unfortunately, big gap between Mountain West Conference talent and Power 5 Conference talent. Hopefully, some athletic size is incoming for the 23-24 season to be able to compete at the next level. The whole team is back. They're going to be adding three recruits. We'll see if anyone leaves via the transfer portal. Is Is it a size deal when you talk about Mountain West trying to play up to the Big Ten? Not in women's basketball. I mean, I think it's more of a skill set. I think they're just, they're, you just got, like Caitlin Clark at, I mean, at Iowa, right? She's just elite skill set yep. basketball player. Yep. Um, I think Lindy's, she's building it and what she did with being able to get, get Essence uh, to come back to Vegas and Desiree Young and all the pieces that she's putting together. And she's got a young team. Yeah, she's got it's a young team. And not only that, but I think that she's good. I, let's go back to, to the coaching. First of all, to Curtis's point, which we brought up so many times, she's not in line to replace Tara Vanderveer when Tara retires because Tara has someone there that coached Lindy. She's been there for 15 years in Kate Pay, and I don't think that Kate Pay is just going to stand. She When Tara leaves, Kate Pay's waiting in the wings for that job. So I don't, I don't think that she's going to get bypassed unless she says, I don't want to be a head coach. I don't think she's going to go to Missouri because if she does move on, she's going to want to stay on the West Coast where her recruiting ties with the Pac-12. I think she spent one year at Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. What was Oklahoma. it? Uh, Oklahoma. Her, but, by but, the way, it looks like her recruiting ties are in Texas. Oh. Two of the three recruits coming in are from Texas. Okay. Alyssa Brown, sophomore, is from Arizona. Uh, Little Key is Texas. Winfrey is Texas. Right, but I think that she she's a Pac-12 bred player. And I think that she's going to stay out here. I think she, first of all, I think she wants to stay home while she has a little one. Her family's here. And she's got a little one. She will be the next head coach at Stanford. I don't think she will. She's set up a bet for four years from now. I'm looking at it like this. Regardless if if the lady's been kind of the coach in waiting, like kind of like you had with Bayheim and Hopkins when Hopkins left Syracuse and went to UW, and he's got another year. He's got year number seven up there somehow in Seattle. Good for him. Um, I don't know how you pass up a young, talented, outstanding basketball coach like Lindy is and the success that she's had and she's one of your own I just think because you might not get to get her again and just like we saw like Villanova you bring in the guy that's been sitting there with Jay Wright yeah we're going to give you the buddy job and doesn't work um, same thing kind of happened at Wichita some, State but, but right? you know I mean, you, sometimes it does so sometimes, like Tom Izzo is an all-time coach. I don't know. He was waiting. They gave him the job. Because I mean, the last two Pac-12 championships, when they've come here, that's but that's always been the word. Is Kate Pays is next yeah, in the week. She she was a Stanford player, so she's one of their own as well. So I mean, it, it makes all the sense in the world that she's waiting in the wings and she's going to go. But the fact that she's got a newborn. And, and, of course, I don't know when Tara Vanderveer is going to retire. Tara's got a couple oh, more years left. Yeah, she, 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 she's still got a lot of steam behind her. And I think she – you know what? I will say this. Let's say Sanford makes a run this year. Haley Jones is gone. Uh, I'm not sure if Cam Brink is coming out, but the bottom line is it would not shock me. If Tara wins it all this year – Hangs him up. Hangs him up. And says, "Okay, I'm the number one. I'm the all-time winningest uh, women's college basketball coach. I've got another title." And she goes. And then more reason why you need to bring someone young in that's one of your own to really keep that thing on fire. 
I just it's something about I think just something about Lindy and being one of their own and the success that she's had. I just it it makes total sense to me. Otherwise, I mean, she's got to go to UCLA or a, another big Pac Pac-12 school, but they're not going to be in the Pac-12 anymore. Come hang with Cofield and Company at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Free parking, great food and drink specials, and giveaways. Every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Free parking, cool specials. Curtis Terry is alongside. Uh, Earlier in the day, UCSB couldn't get it done against Baylor. Uh, We have a... Highlight package we'll play a little later on of uh, both JTT on the Baylor side. Remember him? Yep. Right? With Marvin Menzies. Mm-hmm. And uh, a Menzies commit from, it seems like, 10 years ago in uh, Josh Pierre's St. Saint- Louis. Right. Uh, but UCSB fell short against Baylor. So Baylor gets the job done as a high seed. You have a lot of connections to the Arizona program. You're not an Arizona fan. Uh, none of us are here in Las Vegas. What do you think of what happened yesterday? Princeton wins 59-55, and Arizona's offense just goes to sleep. It doesn't It doesn't surprise me, but I still can't believe that it happened. Because, again, I think Arizona's one of the best offensive teams in the country. Uh, with Tabellis on the inside, with Kirk Creasa, uh, just, I mean, Courtney Ramey. I mean, just the, the players that they have, I mean, they've showed it throughout the season that they're a very talented offensive team. Uh, Tommy Lloyd, what he's done with his, with his offense and, and coming over from Gonzaga. Um, I obviously follow them. I talked to my brother on the way over here, actually. Um, I didn't mention what, it. What did he have to I say? I didn't even mention it. Former <laughs> assistant coach and, and yeah. Arizona player. You didn't even mention it? You didn't no, bring I, it up? I let him have this one. I let him have that because, I, I mean, I don't got to say anything. He knows. Yeah. Um, but it's, By the way, tell people what your brother's doing now. Um, he's assistant coach with Utah Jazz. Uh, so he's in the NBA. He's still coaching. Hopefully he'll, he'll get his chance to, to lead a program and not uh, a G League team. He was a G League coach. Uh, for the Denver Nuggets for the Grand Rapid Gold uh, last season. So hopefully he gets his chance either in college or, or at the NBA level. Um, but, yeah, I think it doesn't – it's it's it stinks that – because, I again, aside from UNLV, I cheer for Arizona. I grew up cheering for Arizona. I talked about the story when I went to the Final Four. Um, I, I had all the gear, and I'm, I'm a diehard Arizona so fan. Slight misstatement on my part saying you're Yeah, I cheer for them unless they're, playing, unless they're playing the Rebels. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, my dream school was U of A. My sister went there. My brother went there. I didn't get in academically. Oh, <laughs> so who does that say something about? We got to check everybody's transcripts, though, because well, I don't know yeah. how my sister got in. Um, but I love her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's 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 it stinks that because they, they busted my bracket, and I think that they could have went far. But again, it, it's this has been Arizona typically of the last few years. I mean, that's what kind of what they do. When Sean Miller was there, they make a run one year, but then they come back and flame out the year before. Uh, or the year after, and so it's 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 not surprising now. I think Princeton they might be able to, to get the, the win tomorrow and, and move to the second weekend. Are we talking about Princeton? Or are we talking about upsets? Whatever Both. you want. <laughs> I uh I I tell you what I am um, I'm excited for tonight's game just because I I want to see some of these these bigger seats for the night card, but I I'm really intrigued to see how Gonzaga comes out against Grand Canyon. Um, because Grand Canyon is not supposed to be here. They, they were playing Sam Houston State, which oddly got a number one seed in the turn, in their conference tournament, even though they finished second. Right. Didn't you, they do the th- seedings on the net? They did it based on Ken Palm's cri- some uh, weird criteria Ken, that they did. They're adjusted, right. you know, metric. And so Sam Houston ends up with the number one seed. Grand Canyon ends up with the number five seed, even though they finished sixth in the conference. So... Gonzaga, this year, if you think about it, we're talking about, right, 
outside of uh, our own JVT, we haven't had really. There's not. There's not, hasn't been as much talk about Gonzaga this year. This. This tournament, we've, we've been talking about Alabama, you're here in Kansas, you're here in Houston, you're hearing all these other names. Gonzaga's kind of flying under the radar. It's the first time that they've been not, they haven't been a one seed since I want to say the 17 18 tournament. Um, I just think, I know, and, and again, I said a couple days or Monday, if you gave me five teams to choose that I would not bet on to win the entire thing, Gonzaga would be one of them because I'm not a Mark Few. I don't think, that, I think Mark Few can be outcoached. But tonight, I think it might be overall one of the best plays on the entire first round wager-wise because I think that they're going to come out looking to make a statement and absolutely smoke a team that's shocked to be here. So Willie's saying take Gonzaga minus the 15 and a half. I will take Grant Cannon. <laughs> Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. St. Patty's Day and the NCAA tournament. First round, day number two, you hear the uh, UCLA highlight actually at the end of the game against Arizona here in town in the Pac-12 title game as uh, there was a little heat following the game. Last night there was a lot of heat on UNC Asheville. They couldn't keep up with the Bruins, so the Bruins win their Thursday game. Tracy Murray is with us, one of the voices you heard on UCLA Radio, former NBA player. He's up with Cofield and Willie and our, our pal Curtis Terry. What's up, Tracy? How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I actually wanted to start out with that whole weird exchange with Mick Cronin's dad and the Arizona fans, and I'm sure you were heartbroken yesterday to see the Wildcats fall as a number two seed against Princeton. Well, well, number one, I didn't want to talk about that, but, but since we're talking about it, um, it's not the players, it's not the coaches, it's not anything that has to do with being on the floor. The fan bases just got to be a little bit more responsible, that's all. Now, now we got that aside. Um, you always root for your, your people in your conference to win because it makes your conference look strong. So you hate to see USC go down today, and Arizona go down yesterday, even though they are our rivals. You know, you want the conference to look strong. So, yeah, I'm a little, little disappointed that they failed. I get it. I get it. Because the, the West Coast is already, the Pacific time zone teams are already fighting this uphill battle, I think, against eh, a little bit of the sports media, but a lot of the fans who have a certain image in their head of what West Coast basketball is like, and I think it's completely off base. Right. Right, everything is East Coast biased, so you, you you get a little upset when you don't when you don't see people advance because now you're feeding into the narrative. Did you did you get a chance to watch USC today? I watched a little bit of it. I watched uh, the the ending of it. Uh, yeah. Man, there's been so much basketball on the day. The women's <laughs> NCAA is on the day, so yep. I've just been all over the place. Yeah, USC had a tough time because uh, Boogie Ellis didn't get off. He only had six points and. They really tried to be aggressive right. on, on picks up top and double, and then the, the leak big man way too many times, like six, seven, eight times for Michigan State had a dunk or a layup. So uh, their defense kind of failed them, and, and Boogie just did not have the game he needed to have. Right. And, and, and you know what? If he go, as, as he goes, USC goes. And, you know, you know how they say you cut the head off the snake, the snake dies. And, and, th and that's where it happened earlier today. Tracy Murray's with us. So let's talk about UCLA last night. What did you like about the Bruins' performance? Well, their defense played at a high level, but the role players really played extremely well. 
Um, Will McClendon. Um, uh, you had you had uh, Dylan Andrews. You had all of these guys come off the bench and give something last night. Um, four out of the five guys that came off the bench um, that are kind of rotation players, they were perfect from the floor. I mean, you got 20 points from the center position, and a, and a damn bonus didn't even play. So, you know, you saw other guys contribute, and you saw the team extra locked in last night. How, and Tracy, how important was that, considering, you know, and UNC Asheville has a big guy, uh, Pember, who, you know, he could have caused some issues, but I think this was the game where it was important, being the Bruins are shorthanded right now, to see that in not just role position players, but coming off and playing as well that they did. Well, I knew that you couldn't put Kenny Nuba or Mac Etienne on him because he would torch him. Um, they did the right thing by putting Hawkins on him. Hawkins is strong enough to hold himself in the post against him, and he's you know, a perimeter player, so Hawkins can guard a perimeter player. So he got up underneath him and made it difficult for him. Speaking with Tracy Murray, uh, so Trace, looking just looking ahead, there, there's they still got a couple of games in front of them each, but uh, there's a lot of West Coast bas- college basketball fans that are anticipating a potential showdown, West Coast showdown, Gonzaga, UCLA. Yeah, I mean, it's a potential matchup, and, and both teams have to take care of their business. That's why you can't look ahead. Everybody that looks ahead gets stung in this tournament, so it's one game at a time. Hey, Tracy, it's Curtis, man. In in terms of taking this off the court, obviously you're you're a decorated player in what you did in your professional career. Uh, But this time of year, a lot of these guys, they face a lot of expectations, a lot of pressure. Um, And and I know Willie appreciate this, but in terms of you and and the hashtag, we're all a little crazy. Off the court, what do you share with these guys as they go through this time of year and they go through the season just in terms of being college basketball players but in trying to help prepare them for life after basketball as, as men in the community? Well, at the end of the day, um, Sport, sport mimics life, and it, it provides a lot of lessons in the sport. You you don't succeed all the time. You fail sometimes. How are you going to deal when you fail? Um, how do you deal with pressure? Um, and, and you know, and at the end of the day, you you have to learn how to pick yourself up when you fall. And I think that's where a lot of guys that have difficulties nowadays and they're dealing with with mental stress. I mean, mental health was always there. Even back when we played, it was always there. It was just that we were told to suck it up. Right. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to hear about it. Right. You know, nowadays, they shed light on it, and, and people are, are, are uh, spreading awareness about it, so there's better ways of dealing with it. Once again, speaking with Tracy Murray, former UCLA great NBA player. Trace, uh, you mentioned before when we asked you if you watched the game, you was like, man, there's women basketball, and they're on. There's been this and this. Um, your thoughts on how, how much you've been paying attention to or are you gearing up for tomorrow, UCLA women. I just wrote a story on Kiki Rice, who is a phenomenal freshman for the Bruins. Corey Close has her team. They're seated fourth coming in. Um, and, and I kind of like them as a little bit of an underrated sleeper. They got a chip on their shoulder after losing the Pac-12 championship to Washington State. Yes, they do. And... Uh I like I like our conference when it comes to women's basketball. They're very good. One of the toughest conference in America, conferences in America. And um, 
Kiki Rice, man, she's unbelievable. Mm. Um, Pat, one one of uh, one of my players, my former players, trained her in Washington D.C. Patrick Robinson, Patrick okay. Rock. So yep. um, I knew about Kiki in high school, and then when she decided to sign to UCLA, um, I was happy to see her there. But then to see what she brought to the table. And she plays with a lot of poise. She plays like a veteran out there. Yes. And uh, UCLA definitely has a good one. That's You know what? And that was the theme of my story. Outside of the main reason she came there was her poise and maturity. I sat with Corey Close um, on the off day before the championship, and I and I said, this, this she does not play like a freshman. She doesn't look like a freshman. They went up against Stanford. She put a 22 spot on them. But you know what her reason for coming to UCLA was? She said, yeah, South Carolina is nice. Tennessee, Stanford, all those programs are great. I want to be the first one to bring a national championship to UCLA. Like that was her. That that was on the forefront of her table when she wanted to come to the uh, Westwood. Well, I tell you what, when you have a person like her, she can attract more people to come help her. Um, the key is to grab somebody like that with that type of motivation. And everybody feeds off of her motivation. I mean, she's a tremendous talent. She makes her teammates better. And, and, and what can I say? Um, she can go get hers at any time as well. Uh, really, really good player. I'm happy to see her in a Bruins uniform. Last one for Tracy Murray here on Cofield & Company, UCLA great. He's on UCLA radio. Have you had a chance to watch Northwestern at all this year in terms of the scout? They definitely have two good guards in uh, Audige and Boo Booey. Right, I, I watched them. I saw them play earlier this year, and then I saw them play last night. Um, their guards are very impressive, and, and and the key to the game is really to control them. If you control them, then you win the basketball game. I, I think that they're big and physical. I think our athleticism will bother them. I think we're just as physical and aggressive as they are, so it makes for a really good game. Tracy, we appreciate it on the day off uh, giving us a couple minutes. Thank you so much. No problem. Take care. And Tracy's very much into the Vegas community, as you guys know. Oh, yeah. Good question by Curtis about Pops some of his initiatives. Here. Yep. And Pops lives here. and they, uh, he, he definitely does a lot of things, especially around in and around the summer. You see Tracy around right. um, just around town, and he, and he does a lot of community outreach and, and comes and talks to some programs. He's dialed in, to, like I said, to the community. Uh, and Dad, of course. A lot, a lot of us media members and, and people around UNLV know him from over there at the MAC and the Cox Pavilion and, um, and just, uh, just always with a smile on his face. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar down here at TI. Parking is free. Just park in the garage. Parking's always free at the Treasure Island. we got a full house here, but I'm sure things will open up a little bit. There's a couple open tables now as we're getting ready for the uh, eight games in the evening. Curtis Terry's going to stick with us. We're going to get into San Diego State a little bit. One of the guys who covers SDSU for the TV side of things on uh, Fox 5, uh, Julian Delgadio will join us. Also a guy who was uh, at one point working with Nevada Sportsnet as we'll uh, have, G uh, I almost said Gino. Reno will join in in just they played a, couple, like Gino. a couple of minutes. Yeah, we'll have to get into uh, the Wolfpack. I know it won't be easy. Try to be objective, oh, Curtis. Try to be objective. Be great. But man, that was a bad look for the conference and I, I hate I hate being in this position, having to rely on San Diego State, like sort of root for San Diego State to carry the Mount West Conference mantle, but guess what? That's where we are.